Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. This is One Man's Opinion, episode number 178. Thank you one and all for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting, all of that helps the cause, helps push this program up and up the charts and uh, get to notice by more and more people, which again is the reason we do it. I mean, we do it to help people, but we need to be noticed in order to, you know, keep getting our guys, our production staff and everything going on that uh, as it is. This is a, this is a passion project for me. That is for sure. But uh, we do want to further the message and get it across to everybody. So thank you for that. If you are listening for the first time, thank you for doing so, finding us. My name is Jeff Vance. You will hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87. I host a show called Elite Sports, Monday through Friday. Also the host of Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with Bob Harris Sunday mornings during the NFL regular season. Also, I am part owner and chief content officer of fantasyguru.com. That's the place to be, folks, fantasyguru.com. I will put our content up against anybody in the free world, and I will win that mother-effing battle. By the way, this podcast is, just before I almost slip, this is uncensored. It is untethered. It is unfiltered. There's nothing that will be second-guessed on the show today. So I'm going to curse. I'll say words. I'm also going to uh, offend people and say things maybe that are offensive, not because I'm a bad person, at least I don't think so, but mostly because some of you are just real fucking pussies and you guys cannot handle, oh, he said something against my politician. Oh, he said something against my sports team. Grow up. Grow the fuck up. That's not how we roll on one man's opinion, everybody. It's just not what we do. So uh, take that into consideration. Put earbuds in, noise-canceling headphones, listen, to, listen in the car, somewhere not in the realm of people who are sensitive, including you, if that is indeed yourself. Uh, you could follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S, on Twitter. The Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Love the TikToks out there, folks. That's my passion. I love that. Love TikTok right now. All right, we got a lot to cover. Episode 178, week six is over. We're looking ahead to week seven. Some people have termed week seven by Mageddon. Just wait. If you think the Panthers, Bengals, Texans, Cowboys, Jets, and Titans are bad, wait until it's the last week of the regular season, and we've got the fucking Ravens, Bills, Raiders, Bears, Vikings, and Giants all off. Yikes. That's a, a six banger. That's going to be brutal for sure. But uh, that's the nature of the beast. That's what we do. So here's where my frame of mind is. You know what we're going to do on the show. We'll recap. It is guest free today on one man's opinion. We'll t briefly talk waivers. I know some people are like, don't talk waivers a waste of time. I get that. I'm all about, I'm in that mindset this week. And those who listen to the Sirius XM show know we got to turn the shit around. Like we have a job to do. Our job is to turn the season around, get better. And if you're on top right now, you need to stay on top because you're not secure. I don't give a fuck 
what you fucking think. All right. The the more secure you feel in a fantasy football league or as a DFS player or as a sports better right now, the dumber you are. There's nothing that gives you that right. I have a lengthy track record of nothing but fucking success. All right. Not nothing, but let's say the last 10 years, nothing but success. Let's be honest. Three different forms of fantasy and betting, right? It's proven. It's track record. It can't be denied. It is fact. And I know this is unsettling times. Injuries are crazy. Uh, Benchings and obviously bye weeks. Weather is coming up. There were 126 injuries in the National Football League just last week in week six. 126. For those who think, oh, well, I don't know, what's, what's, is that normal? That's what seems high. Yeah, it's real high. Normally, between 50 and 75. There's been more than 80 injuries since I've been doing this about six, my sixth year, 2016. Seventh season, I think now that I've been uh, going through every single injury that suffered everything from a random hamstring to a fucking concussion. I just do this, you know, for my own purposes and to do projections and rankings and content at fantasyguru.com. But 126 is the highest I've ever had in seven years. And it's only been above 80, 11 weeks. 11 weeks. And I guess I should say it's been over 90 just five times. I guess that's a better way because several, uh, six times over 80, you know, in the 80s here. So that's a lot. It's massive. There's six teams on by. We've got real work to do. So the focus of this week's episode is going to be getting back on track. And how, how the fuck do we do that? What do we do to get back on track? I am going to talk waivers. I am going to talk low, buy, low, sell high. I'm going to talk about managing your roster, though, and also ways that you could turn the whole fucking thing around, right? On Tuesday's SiriusXM show, Elite Sports, we did greatest in-season turnarounds ever, and I hope it inspired some of you. There's been plenty of teams, especially in, in football, the Carolina Panthers in 2014 were 3-8-1, went to the divisional round of the playoffs. That's crazy. That's highly successful season. You know, there are teams that do this all the time. They're under 500 at the All-Star break. They're under 500 halfway through. They're, they get really hot at the right time, and they they run shit. That's what we're looking to do. But you have to position yourself accordingly. And let me, before I get into all the players, let me please stress that it's not going to be comfortable. What I'm going to talk about today is not stuff that you'll all say, oh, yeah, that sounds very, uh, very pleasant, very interesting. Yeah, that's a very sound, judgmental decision. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Manz. I appreciate it. No, this is the stuff where if we're 0-6, we need to fucking start swinging. We're one and five. We need to start swinging. If you're two and four or better, you're on pace for a championship anyway. Fuck do you care? You're on pace. You're good. But if we're underwater a little bit, starting to get into that period of time where you got to make some moves. So I'm going to talk about players that could change the trajectory of your season. One hit away. That's all it is. 
you're one hit away in fantasy football right now, the NFL right now, you're legitimately one hit away from falling off your penthouse suite or becoming the chief engineer, the captain. You're one hit away. That's all it takes. There are so many great players and performances that are just laying in the weeds, waiting for us, waiting for an opportunity. So that's what I'm going to dive into here because the further we get away from this, the further the season gets away, the bigger the upside we need, right? So that's going to be the focus of today's show. Don't panic. Don't give up. Dude, I don't care what is said and what your record is. There is nothing. If you don't make the playoffs in your league, it's, it's fine. That'll happen. There is nothing better in the world. It's almost better than winning a championship, to be quite honest, than knocking off people that think they are, the overconfident fuckwads. Think about it. There's one. There's two. There's probably a whole league full. Most of us consider the rest of our league fuckwads, right? You're like, yeah, oh, there's nothing better. They're just, oh, they're five and one right now or six and oh, and they're, they're casting down upon the, oh, I don't think you shouldn't have drafted them. <laughs> you paid for fantasy guru. <laughs> I am the fantasy guru. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. Oh man. Isn't it delicious? Just knocking them, just watching them fly. Oh, splat. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we are about. That's what is going to happen. Let me recap week six a little bit. Let me also talk. I want to talk about fantasyguru.com because NHL season has started. Yes, even me. I posted a couple bets in our NHL betting discord over at fantasyguru.com uh, with major help from Sandro Anello and Jorge Pucks and Ryan Clifford. And those are the guys that helped me, you know, manage some bets. We're going to do regular betting there. Um, we have been all week. We will, uh, last week we got confused on who was doing the betting, who was doing DFS. But we, uh, I mean, we know our betting guys are going to do it every single day from now on through the rest of the season. And what we did is we combined the NHL product with our NBA product because like the price point, we need to sell our products at just to stay in business for crying out loud is probably something that's a little aggressive for just one sport. Basketball is bigger than hockey. So we don't want to fuck over the hockey people, but so we came up with the best solution possible. And that solution is we'll give you nine sports. We'll give you NHL, NBA, the rest of the PGA, NASCAR, um, NASCAR, PGA, uh, F1, um, MMA is ongoing. Soccer is ongoing. We'll give you college basketball coverage in there as well. All of it in what we call our all-in MVP plan. All right? It's all daily fantasy, all seasonal fantasy, and all betting. All of it's included for all of the sports. So seven sports. NBA, NCAA basketball, NHL, PGA, MMA, UFC, soccer, and racing, which is all racing forms. Same with soccer. It's UPL or it's EPL. It's U, uh, U, what's it? UPL? UEFA, whatever 
That is, um, so all of it in one thing. And we still have early bird pricing on that product and Radio 20 for a 20% off discount. So if you are already a subscriber to fantasyguru.com and you're like an NFL subscriber or seasonal daily or whatever, it really would make most sense for you to upgrade to our VIP platinum plan. That will be cheaper uh, because we could credit everything you've paid thus far into the VIP platinum and give you the discount and the early bird and the discount. So we get all of it support at fantasyguru.com. I will be doing, I won't be doing NHL this season. Uh, we have a very, very high capable team of NHL guys. Um, I, so I'm just doing it for the time being. I did a put couple of bats. Sandro's going to mix in here as well. Ted's going to mix into the equation, but I'm very happy to announce. I will be doing NBA betting the entire season. And I'm telling you straight the fuck out. There's no way you don't make the price of a VIP platinum plan with my betting alone. I'm uh, with my NBA betting alone. I won't even include football for this matter. You know, football, how I roll now. All right, Jeff, you're only five. What am I five units up right now in football? It's true. True. It's been a very up and down season for me. Betting wise, DFS wise, DFS somehow four and two. I'll get to that in a minute in cash games and two big GPP wins as well, which has made it to be pretty nice. Uh, I know that triggers some people. I'll talk about that in a second. But anyway, um, it's a good way to get everything because here's the deal, folks. I have a lot planned. All right. We had a lot of business situations going on if you pay attention to press releases and all that shit you guys know the deal we've had a lot go on behind the scenes of our business all right all of that shit is finally settled and done we could exhale and we could concentrate on the fucking work i am not the kind to sit around on my ass i've created a lot of new shit I have all my new rating systems, call them the smash reports. I have ratings for offensive lines, defensive fronts, secondary. I call it coverage ratings. All right. They're not directly. I don't uh, tie. I do not attach a rating to one individual player because I believe coverage is more of a group thing. It's the same reason I don't attach to individual offensive lines. Uh, Align men, I attach to the group. All right. This is where some of the other rating systems, pro football focus most notably, come up short. Great product, not talking any shit. But the fact is, when PFF, when they began their ratings, they didn't zone blocking was done by one to two teams, right? It was very much individual. Wide receiver and corners were very much one on one type game. That's not the way it is. Most teams are zone blocking, different versions of that. Everybody runs massive zone coverages, cover threes, twos, two highs, single one, cover one quarters. It's it's much more of a group effort. And I have worked on my rating system literally for 18 years. And for, I don't know, about a decade or so, I used it all behind the scenes to help with projections and models and DFS and all of that. And now... I'm putting it out to the world. Everybody's going to get a chance. It's already there. It's up fantasyguru.com. 
uh, right on the top of our homepage, Elite Data. It's right there for you. Now it's all you have to do is go there, part of our data plan. What I'm telling you is I am going to be creating stuff. I'm going full bore in NBA this year. Now I'm only going to do bets in November, December on Wednesday nights, big slates and all that. Once we get to January and the football season's over, boom, I'm fucking all in. And you bet your asshole that I've got new data points for NBA coming that will be unveiling here during the NBA season. And we have Justin Fensterman, who's the best NBA, one of the best NBA minds in the game. All right, Armando Marsal and Scotty Bonder and Chris Rose. Like our NBA team is stacked and it's, it's going to be a great product as well. But I'm going to continue to add stuff. The only problem, we have a major hangup here at fantasyguru.com. The hangup is I create shit too fast and too robust to for our tech people and our business people, right? They, they don't know what to do with it. Where do we package it? Where do we put this in? This has been a an ongoing issue. And also the Elite Plus network. Now, people may not know this, but we have our own network called elite plus elite plus is podcast this show is on it now we send this show out free mind of marsal podcast is on it as well we send that away but you may notice kyle elfrank every day is doing fantasy guru today shows like that we're ramping up massive amounts of shows podcasts live streams discord chats and shows programming as well all on elite plus i and the only way to do this reasonably is we have to charge for data, charge for Elite Plus, right? Or, and we have to give you guys the option, well, you could not have it if you don't want it. Or get in the VIP Platinum and every fucking thing that we do, you just get. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Get it. Support at fantasyguru.com. Folks, you're not going to be disappointed. And you will win with just my stuff. And then our team is better than me right now. They're better. They're doing better at uh, betting. I know Tyler Beaker is better. Russell Clay is a better record than I do right now. That's fucking fantastic. You know, Justin Fetzman's going to be better than me in basketball. That's fucking awesome. Armando as well. It's great. So that's all the gravy. That's all your profits right there. So get over there. Radio 20 is the discount as code as well. Um, so uh, back to DFS. So here's something that bothered me. I've been off a of discord for a couple of weeks. I'm pretty furious and fed up and I'm not going to make this podcast about it. You guys have heard it in past episodes. Uh, for one, to put it this way, here's the life that I live. I posted an NHL, but I spent an hour and a half studying NHL, talking to our NHL team, reading all of our NHL stuff, picking Sandro Anello's brain. I'm going through all this just because people, our NHL subscribers said, hey, do we have any bets for the night? And that was a Tuesday night of this week. I said, fuck it. I'm going to do this for the people. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to let my guard down. Let's go and fucking do it. I went, posted a bet. Boom. Got a nice little plus 130, Mr. SGP right there for you. I swear to fucking God. 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds, 15 seconds after I post the bet in Discord, thumbs down. <clears throat> what the fuck? What is wrong with you people? It's infuriating. 
you ask and ask and ask. And then the guy's like, oh, well, I can't do player props. Uh, there was a shot on goal prop. Okay, but I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm not personally trying to not do something for you. I had no fucking idea. And yet you're shitting on my work? I like, dude. So anyway, I was off for a while. I'm back on. I recognize the fact that we got to get this. We are together. We got to unify and march up that fucking hill. And we got to do it together. So honestly, I am, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with, if you want to be a troll, if you want to be an idiot and ask questions and put down the work, well, I'm, I'm literally going to block you on social. I'll kick you out of discord. Simple. It's just easy. If you want to have real discussions, inquire about real information. And by the way, when I say real discussion, that does not include, Hey, you told me to draft Canarius Tony in the ninth round and he sucks. But I still love your work. That's being an asshole. How do you not see this? Don't do those things. If so, you'll be on the street. I don't give a fuck. But the rest of the people deserve my attention. And this all came to a head on Sunday, last Sunday, when well, we were getting beat in, D in DFS by massive lineup trains again. And we're going into the late games. And in the late games there are a lot of great players in that late set of games. We had Cooper cup, Matt Stafford, and um, one other fucking player. I think we had, Oh, Jacoby Myers in the late, uh, I think it was Jacoby Myers in the late slate. That was the lineup. So at that point we were down about 11 points from the lineup trains and from cashing. So we knew we had to make a move. All right. That because cup was going to be overwhelmingly chalk. And uh, so was Stafford. So that's not that was not going to win us for us. So I made Ted and I made the move. We went to Josh Dobbs, Kyron Williams, and Amon Ross St. Brown and Kablamo. We fucking blew up and well blew up, scored 120 points and cashed in the majority, about 80% of our single entry cash games with that move. And it's like, you know, that sucked, man, because I want to help people. I want to pass this knowledge on to people, but I'm not going to do that for unappreciative ass hats. You know what I mean? Like I just, there's no, no incentive in it. People have to understand that I'm, I'm a goddamn winning machine. Sorry, but I am. I, I look at, here's my betting record. Uh, right now, my betting record is under 500. I think I'm two games under, but I'm up five units on the season. Um, I've been posting bets since 2018, like live, documented, accountable, national radio, website. They're still posted. Go back, everything else. My records are uh, for NFL, uh, 2018, 51, and 32, and two, oh, two ties that year. Uh, we didn't keep track of units that year. I don't know why, but we didn't. 60% winning percentage on there. 2019, 76 and 44, 63% winning percentage on there, up 19.17, uh, 19.72 units on that. That's a hell of a job. Uh, 2020 pandemic year, 115 and six, 115 wins, 69 losses, 62.5 winning percentage, up 16 units. On that year, 2021. Now, 2021, I made a major transformation. Notice my records 
were much higher, 63, 62, above 60% every year. And even before that, I had a 67% winning season back in 2016. Uh, Again, that was on the show. It wasn't documented on a website. So I haven't, you know, I'm not including that here. And 2021 is where I sort of found my SGP, single game parlay, plus odds bets. I got a little more riskier. And as a result, my winning percentage went down. And it's continued to go down and and it will be down, but the money has increased. Remember 62.5% winning percentage in 2020, 115 and 69, 16 units up only. What? Only 16 units up. So I made the change. I was 184 and 141, 184 wins, 141 losses in 2021, zero ties. So the winning percentage went down. A lot more bets, though, a lot more volume. 56.62 winning percentage. Units went way up. 79.6 units won. Boom. 2022, last year, 191 wins, 163 losses, two ties. 53% winning percentage. But we went up, well, last year's only 38.65 units. So units went down a little bit. There was a struggle early on last season before I found my SGP groove. So again, over those, what is that, five years, over a 1,000 bets made on the NFL, 617 wins, 449 losses, four ties, 163 units up. Pretty good. I'm sorry, 153.99 units up. So there you go. I mean, everything's documented and... I'm confident. I know we're going to write the ship. And again, I break down everything. And again, I don't do it like by hand. (laughs) I have software. I have everything that accounts for me. Like this year on the shows, I am, uh, I'm 10 and 14 in core or core four NFL bets. That's not a good, but I'm 14 and five in prop bets. I don't do four every week because prop bets are slow to come out. But 14 and five, up 10 units on that, on the radio show, on Elite Sports. So, of course, I see these trends. I notice, okay, last year I was a lot better in the SGPs. Right now I'm hotter in the prop bets. So that's the way I gravitate towards. And that's what all of us should be doing. Your play, your results are telling you something. You got to listen to them. Listen to what the results are saying, right? They will tell you, you you cannot get a running back to save your life. Fuck right. Do something about it. Solve the issue. You've been able to pick the right wide receiver, three or flex every single week. Great. Keep fucking doing that and get, you know, trade up for a running back. Get somebody more stable at that position. DFS, the same thing. Lineup builds. Been paying for tight end, you know, all seasons not working out. Well, start paying down if that's the position that's struggling for you. Right? Those are the things your play is telling you. I'm on top of it from my end. Our subscribers, fantasyguru.com, if you listen to me and don't fight with me all the time, it's exactly what you'll get to. Right? And that's where we need to be. Uh, waiver pickups for this week. Let's just die. There's nobody at quarterback. 
Jordan Love, somebody cut him during the bye week, most likely. So let me let me talk about that too. Um, all right, because I'm gonna I, I want to talk about the one hit away players. I also want to talk about strategies you can use, how you improve your team. How remember this game you're competing against everybody in your league. That's what you have to do. You have to beat them. All right. And number one pro tip. During this week specifically, there are six teams on by, right? Carolina, Cincinnati, Houston, Tennessee, Jets, and Cowboys. So in order to form a line, and we have 126 fucking players injured this week, including what, four quarterbacks? Lawrence is banged up. Fields isn't going to play. We know uh, Richardson's out for the year. No idea about Deshaun Watson. Mac Jones may be replaced. For crying out loud, Daniel Jones' status is still up in the air as well. Desmond Ritter's on his last legs, right? I mean, we've got a lot of freaking issues across the National Football League right now. And thus, it's going to force all these other teams into making mistakes, right? It's going to force these teams to drop good players who are on by. Like I talked about Jordan Love just now. Last week, maybe they held two QBs if somebody was starting Jordan Love. Doubtful anybody had Kenny Pickett. Maybe a super flex. But it doesn't matter if it's Jordan Love or fucking Austin Eckler. Every single one of us is going to be challenged during these bye weeks. Who are we keeping and who are we cutting? Always. Number one rule. Take your waiver pickups then look at who was dropped, look at that pool, and say, oh, shit, that is going to be the best players from now on to the rest of the season, the best players you'll pick up on waivers are cast-offs from other teams. There are very few, if any. There probably, there'll be one, maybe. One player in the NFL that has not already been on a fantasy roster, either drafted, picked up already, and recut, whatever. There's like one player that will be useful to anybody that has never been on a roster yet. Everybody else has been in the system, been in the cycle, been picked up, dropped, picked up, dropped. That's your fucking move. That is your move. Get those players. Somebody's going to try to float a real good one. Damian Pierce, maybe this week, right? Maybe try to float them through. Tajay Spears. Miles Sanders is going to be dropped. Guarantee you. By a lot of people. Bad idea. Somebody's going to float those type of players through Dalton Schultz, maybe. Dalvin Cook. Eh. Cook is marginal anyway, but has some potential value. That's what we're talking about. Find those diamonds that have been released and go and get them. All right. Those are going to be your best options. Other waiver pickups. Look for the names. Jamal Williams. Here's another pro tip. Go. When you look at the free agent pool, don't sort by fucking stats. You numbskulls. Don't do it. Why? Because a lot of players that are we're picking up, Jeff Wilson, Jamal Williams, they don't have fucking stats. Elijah Mitchell, 
They haven't done anything this year. This, but Zach Evans, none of these players have stats. So if you're going and the default, wherever you go, oh, who's free agents available? And you go to bucket, you know, and the defaults usually fantasy points or rushing attempts or whatever, it's going to be, you're not going to find the true, the winners, the good ones. You're not going to find them. Sort by ownership percentage, sort by projected for this week, maybe. Or just go into it and actually type the fucking name, spend some time and do it. Because otherwise you're going to gloss over some really talented people and really important season-changing type players, okay? The San Francisco 49ers situation, Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell, as of this recording, everything seems like McCaffrey's going to play. Ted Schuster on the Tuesday XM show said he didn't really believe it. You know, Shanahan will play his shenanigans. We know that. McCaffrey's not going to say anything, and I agree with that. But at the same time, I, I, there's several things working here. One, 49ers do have a bye week in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two, if McCaffrey plays, you've wasted anything with Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell. Three, I don't know which one's going to be. Elijah Mitchell's the, the number two on the, every depth chart in the world. Mason played because Mitchell was hurt in his first game back last week. It's very Keontae Ingram. Didn't you guys just picked up? Fucking uh, um, DeMarcado from the Arizona Cardinals. What DeMarcado even fucking do last week? That all remind me, you guys. I, if you're listening to the Sirius XM show on Wednesday, I'm going to bring up DeMarcado. I forgot to rub that in people's faces. Motherfucker did nothing. Nothing. He had two rush attempts for 11 yards and a catch for six yards. Oh, fuck. Right, that's the those are the things we save people from. That's what we save everybody from. He played forty percent of snaps. It's more snaps than I thought. But Ingram was the obvious there, and I think that's what we're doing. Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell. So, I'm staying away. I'm not going to spend any significant budget on it. And if I miss, you know, Mason or Mitchell against the Vikings on Monday night, so be it but I'm not going to spend a ton of budget chasing that kind of stuff. Hopefully either you, hopefully you didn't do it. None of you, but you saw the people that spent on DeMarcado last week and you realize, Oh shit, that's pretty, pretty fucking bad. Right. So that was something Um, wide receivers. I mean, KJ Osborne needs to be picked up. Don't pay attention I know it's a bad matchup, though. It is. Don't pay attention to a lackluster week six. Everybody didn't produce. It was all Osborne the entire first half, all Hawkinson the entire second half. Don't get fooled. He needs to be on rosters. Tyquan Thornton. Jonathan Mingo needs to be owned. By week this week, so you probably don't have to do it. That's one you could float a little bit. But again, sharper player will pick them up from you. If I was in your league, I would do it. Those are some of those guys. Let me talk about this. I want to get into this because I know I'm rambling a little bit. Players that are when hit hit away. So what have we learned? What have we learned? 
By the way, there's some really cool stats out there. Like this is a historic season. Most seasons are, it's always something about every season, right? And there's a couple of things. One, I don't know if everybody saw this one floating around or not, but the National Football League through six weeks, lowest touchdown percentage we've ever seen at 3.9. I'm sorry, lowest since 2008. Lowest yards per attempt, 6.9, lowest since 2008. Lowest yards per completed pass in the history of this fucking game, 10.6. Net yards per attempt, that's one of the greatest stats for any quarterback. The league average is 5.95, the lowest number since 2005. The quarterback rating average is 88.2, the lowest since 2017. And the sack percentage is 7.2. That's the highest it's been since 1998. I still had frosted tips in 1998. Think about how long ago that was. Furthermore, on this game, look at the over-unders. We... A year ago, we would have four to five games every single day with 50-plus over-unders. This week, we've got five games with over-unders, game totals, expected totals in the 30s. It's disintegrating. DFS scores are down. So everything we knew about this game or thought we knew, there's also, I think it's one of the best things I've ever seen is... Every week this season, the hype team going into the week has lost. I feel like that's the most amazing thing ever. Think about it. First week of the season, Detroit Lions, they go in, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, 21-20. Detroit, holy fuck. You know, Detroit's for real. They're great. Come home, lose to Seattle in overtime. Holy shit. What happened? How the fuck did that happen? Right. Then um, the following week, it was the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, number one defense in the fucking world. They just, I forgot who they played in week two. Oh, they disintegrated the Jets, right? Fucking disintegrated the Jets. Dallas goes to Arizona week three. Tons of people used them in Survivor. Arizona kicks the shit out of them. Right. It fucking pounds them into the dirt. And there you go. Height fucking team completely and utterly just fucking loses. That week, week three, we all remember that. Miami Dolphins, 70 points against the Broncos. Amazing. Whoa. What happens? They get blown the fuck out next week against Buffalo, 48 to 20. Buffalo. And then, of course, that one. Buffalo takes the throne. They're the hype team. Holy shit. They just stomped out the Dolphins. Bills might be the best team. They fucking lose to the Jaguars the following week. Right? And then going into last week, remember the hype team? Remember 42 to 10 Sunday night football? Chris Collinsworth was telling, uh, 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 he's gargling Brock Purdy. And what happens in week six? 49ers lose to the Browns. This season is being rewritten every fucking game. Everyone. And in that spirit, you want to turn your season around? Furthermore, oh, third part of this. Think of the hype players. Think of the players 
that were we desperately needed or thought we needed, right? That were running hot for a number of weeks. Think and then think of the other ones that weren't that were garbage and then have ascended, right? We see it. Jordan Love after two weeks, everyone was like, This they the Packers got another one. They got another one. Oh, they do it. Nope. Absolutely nothing. They realize, oh yeah, that probably ain't that probably uh that dog's not going to hunt. Right? Fucking Devon A chain. We thought we had a league winner there. Boom. Four weeks at least on injured reserve, completely derailing us for the time being. Justin Jefferson, number one wide receiver in the world. We're rolling with fucking Jefferson. And boom, he's out for the at least four weeks. They say maybe close to six. And maybe at that point, they shut him down for the fucking season. Oh, and then Puka Nakoa, who thought, oh, that's a league winner and player, and Cooper Cup's not going to come back. And then, of course, that reciprocates and falls. Right? It's happening before our eyes every week. In that spirit, I want to talk about players that are one hit away from fantasy football greatness. That's what I want to really dive into today. All right? Find your need and align yourself. If you want to make a statement, if you, and again, you can't take all these players I'm about. Please don't do that thing where you you take what I say out of context and you say, oh, Jeff, you told me to pick up all these guys. No, I'm telling you, the players that you are one hit, one injury away from being, sitting on gold bullion. First one is Mike White. I think that's very self-evident. Right. Tuatongo Vailoa has been very that offense is an absolute masterpiece. Tua is quarterback three right now in fantasy football. And he's had some mm, marginal games. He hasn't played that well. He's got Tyree Kill, turns everything into a 75-yard game. Blaine Gabbert. He talks about that. Pat Mahomes backup. Listen, Alex Smith was quarterback five. Blaine Gat before. Mahomes took over. Nobody is going to be Patrick Mahomes. But if you don't think that Andy Reid's offense has fantasy appeal, I will present to you Alex Smith. I will present to you A.J. Feely and Donovan McNabb and a bunch of players that were very ho-hum that became superstars or stars and producers. Speaking of Philadelphia, Marcus Mariota. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts' footwork is all fucked up. That's why he can't throw anything intermediate. That's why they have real problems in the red zone right now. His feet are out of rhythm. I noticed this three weeks ago, and it's asinine that Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson, and this Eagles coaching staff doesn't hasn't figured it out, hasn't solved the issue. Got to settle his feet. This was a problem for Hertz in Alabama. It was a problem for Hertz when he first got to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley straightened him the fuck out, though. Needs that to happen again. But Mariota, one hit away. Sam Darnold, we keep talking about Brock Purdy, top 12 fantasy quarterback, fine. But, you know, Hurdy, Hur- Purdy, Hurdy, Purdy, he's already torn his UCL for crying out loud. He got beat shit in that Cleveland game, y'all. I was waiting for that. To, I I don't know anybody else was watching the game. I'm like, oh shit, 
motherfucking Brock Purdy's going to get hurt. Is this going to be Sam Darnold's fucking reunion tour? Is this shit going to happen? It fucking could. I think all those players have that possibility, a real possibility, one hit away from being top 12 fantasy quarterbacks the rest of the way from when they take over. Running backs, shit. Salvin Ahmed scored a touchdown last week. Salvin Ahmed was like running back 12 of the DFS early slate last week. If you can believe that shit, he's 4,300 on FanDuel. I'll talk about it. somebody catapulted us to victory. That was huge. And he barely fucking played. Just such a dynamic offense. Others, Chase Brown, Cincinnati. Listen, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I think Joe Mixon may not be any fucking good. Joe Mixon may just not be any good, right? That's, he just doesn't do anything. He, he doesn't pick up yards after contact anymore. He doesn't have breakaway runs anymore. Like, it's really wild to watch Joe Mixon or, you know, it's, it's sad to watch him in a lot of ways. But, yeah, I mean, I think Chase Brown has the potential. Joe Mixon goes down a long period of time. I know Travion Williams is the immediate backup in-game right now. But that's not long-term. That's not rest of season. Zamir White, I got to tell you, Josh Jacobs is at the point where I think Zamir White would perform a lot better. The Raiders offensive line grades out very well on my metrics over at fantasyguru.com. They grade out very well there. They grade out very well uh, up front and everything, run blocking, pass blocking. There's no reason Josh Jacobs should be this poor, right? There's just no fucking reason. 40 he's dead fucking last. Dead last, everybody. In the National Football League on attempts per broken tackle. Do you know how many broken tackles Josh Jacobs has this season entering week seven? One. Is that ain't that some shit? That amount of touches and volume, and this motherfucker has one broken tackle. Whew. It's it's awful, man. It's fucking awful. Samir White would be better. Injury would help the Raiders. Kenneth Gainwell, something happens to DeAndre Swift. Craig Reynolds, we kind of see it right now with Montgomery and Gibbs out. Although Gibbs will be back this week, everybody. That's I, I've been told that from a very trustworthy source. Jameer Gibbs will return week seven. He is going to play, and he will be a big, the biggest part of that offense for the Lions. But Craig Reynolds will still have a shot. He'll still have a job Tyler Algier people have forgotten about him we're bitching about Bijan Robinson but if something happened to Bijan Algier's a fucking god and then Zach Charbonnet Kenneth Walker's an absolute stud but Charbonnet is immensely talented well rested and it's almost eerie how often the Seattle Seahawks have a running back that's producing very well and then poof goes down and the backup becomes a league-winning fantasy player. It's fucking crazy. Last year happened with Walker. Wild. Wide receivers that are one hit away. Well, Jalen Waddle. Could you imagine Jalen Waddle 
if Tyreek wasn't in the picture. Now, would it make things more difficult? Would the offense be as good? No, no, it would not. And no way am I saying that, but you realize the amount of volume for Tyreek Hill, right? I mean, Tyreek Hill is just ridiculous. And he, he he's on pace for like, oh, he's, he's 120 yards away from 1,000. And we're six games into the season. I mean, dude, fucking, it's going to set every record with that pace. So something, something will curb that pace. We already seen him grab his leg twice last week. So again, nice little buy low is Jalen Watt, although I don't know. Touchdowns in consecutive games. I don't know if we are buying low enough, but the upside is amazing. Tyler Boyd, Cincinnati. Chase missed time last week, last season. It looks like T. Higgins. T. Higgins is easily on this too. He would become the number one if Jamar Chase goes down. But T. Higgins can't stay healthy himself. The rib injury is really neglecting him. And I could tell there is uneasiness within the Cincinnati Bengals offense with T. Higgins specifically. Jamar Chase knows he's going to get paid. Burrow already got paid. Higgins know he knows he's the odd man out. That creates a lot of anger or frustration, right? Tyler Boyd just goes out there and does it. Look at this guy, Brandon fucking Johnson. Brand, I brought this one up on the Sirius XM show the other day. Listen, the Denver Broncos are going nowhere fast. We recognize that. They're one and five going into this week. They've got a bye week in week nine, so it's right at the trade deadline. They're going to be trading Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's gone. He is dead man walking on this team. I'm absolutely convinced of it. I wouldn't doubt Javante gets traded, to be honest with you. These, they're going to sell some assets. And when they do, other people are going to have to. I don't think Sutton can be moved just because number one is a little bit older, but he's got a big contract. I don't I don't think he's movable. Judy's the guy who's going. Jerry Judy's just 24 years old on his first contract. That's, that's going to net a nice return, which is something the Broncos would absolutely want. Brandon Johnson has been productive. Who's second on the Broncos in touchdowns this season? Brandon Johnson, right? 25-year-old guy, 6'2", 205 pounds, long reach, big hands, right? Went to Tennessee, sent then you know, went to uh, Central Florida. Accomplished guy, hard worker, does all the things Sean Payton likes. Brandon Johnson's a sneaky little ad. It's tough to do it this week with all, you know, it depends how you're sitting up on the buy, but if buy him again, didn't get you. It's a great ad right now, but he's also when G- Jerry Judy, you don't even need one hit for Jerry Judy. You just need him to be sold off. And Brandon Johnson sets it. Your guys are going to say, Oh, every, when this happens, by the way, everyone's going to go to Marvin Mims. All right. Everyone's going to go to Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims isn't playing that role. Marvin Mims is Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham in this offense. Lance Moore in this offense. That's what they that's what he is. And I mean it's fun, it's exciting to watch. But he doesn't play. Like he just doesn't he's not on the field and even with Judy gone, 
that just moves Johnson up. Mims will get more, and he'll be more exciting. He'll have flashier plays. But Brandon Johnson, that guy you could plug in probably on a near-weekly basis. All right? So uh, other players in there, Josh Reynolds, something happens. Amon Ross St. Brown, a huge opportunist there as well. You know, Julio Jones was just added to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles got all kinds of problems at their receiver. I mean, good. At least it's not their main guys. A.J. Brown's fine. Uh, Slim Reaper, Devontae Smith is fine. However, they only have um, Olamide Zacchaeus still available to them. Greg Ward is still kicking around on their practice squad. Joseph Nagata, too. But Julio Jones, you know, Quez Watkins is on IR now, and that's obviously going to be an issue for the team. He's their deep threat. They don't have depth at wide receiver. They're top heavy. I like the Julio Jones move. I, I do like the Julio Jones move. Am I rushing out to get him? No. We we can barely get Devontae Smith. Julio is ring chasing, and that's cool. But he's not going to be productive from a fantasy standpoint unless, oh, unless A.J. Brown were to go down. You needed a two- to three-week span. That's your guy right there. Oh, and look, can I also – I'm going to throw a special shout-out to – Player I haven't talked much about at all, but Trey Palmer. If anybody watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game last week, just a little stu- little thing that I didn't really notice in real time as it was happening, but like, you know, Trey Palmer was on the field a lot, uh, played a bunch, and generated seven targets in this ball game. Trey Palmer was sixth in separation amongst all qualifying wide receivers last week. Sixth best in separation. When you go go back and watch that game, it's incredible how open this guy got. And Baker Mayfield, fuck, could not hit him to save his life. To save his life. It was, it's a sad thing to rewatch. Again, I didn't pick it up in real time. Right, I didn't pick it up in real time. Did catch two balls in the game, including uh, he, he did get a a longer one, uh, thirty yard, whatever it was, make up majority of those yards. But I'm telling you, Trey Palmer had his guy beat over and over and over again. And this guy's playing a lot of football, playing about two thirds of snaps, and creating separation, getting open. Got seven targets last week. Godwin or Evans goes down, and Trey Palmer is fucking pay dirt. All right? And at tight end position, the this is even better because tight end's a wasteland. You get your Zach Ertz, your, you know, you wait for Fryermuth to come back, uh, try to do Luke Musgrave. I mean, it's a nowhere road. So you really want to circle some of the tight ends. And Isaiah Likely... He is a gold mine when and if Mark Andrews goes down. Not as big as he used to be, though. Even Andrews' numbers are slipping quite a bit. But Andrew, you know, Isaiah Likely, Noah Gray. Noah Gray is quietly producing decent numbers at the tight end position. 
right? That first game where uh, when Travis Kelsey was out, he had a nice little little run. I think he got, what, 11 and a half points that game and played sort of a dual role with Blake Bell. But ever since, like, this guy's getting three, four targets per game, per week anyway. All right. And he's still moderately productive even in that span. And the thing that's most notably, most notable is that he's very much playing that Kelsey role. Nobody's going to be Kelsey. So if Kelsey goes down, Kelsey's a Kelsey's going to get hurt. I am terrified for that dude. I just know that every time I see a player that's on more commercials than snaps in a ball game, and now he's, you know, he's got the girlfriend and Taylor Swift. And it's it's great. I'm happy for him personally, but fuck, man, this is this never ever ends well for a football player. Ever. Nobody can, you cannot tell me one instance where a football player became a bigger celebrity, a, you know, a, one of the biggest celebrities in the world, and it worked out and they still produced on the football field. The play always deteriorated every single fucking time. So that's, that's what I worry about with him. So Noah Gray, Janu Smith, Janu Smith is borderline startable every single week. I actually think he is. Like, all he does is draw immense targets. He is not better than Kyle Pitts, even though Kyle Pitts, he's out producing Kyle Pitts almost on a weekly basis. All the underlying metrics speak well for Kyle Pitts. But listen to this. Kyle Pitts has been very injury prone, right? Very injury prone throughout his career. If Pitts goes down, Look at all those routes, the depth of those routes. Combined with the volume John who already gets, this motherfucker is a by far a tight end one. He would leapfrog Dallas Goddard. He'd be up there right in George Kittle territory with that. So, yeah, I mean, he's one hit away to Trey McBride. I think Zach Ertz will eventually get traded. I've thought I thought he'd be gone by now, but evidently teams are not selling off just yet. Zach Ertz will be traded, and Trey McBride will step into a role with a quarterback that has a very high over twenty five percent target rate to the tight end, which is just sensational. Um, all right, I am running out of time here. Let me get into the best matchups in the trenches. Again, this is all via my matchup report, my smash report over at fantasyguru.com under our data section, all my offensive line ratings, all my defensive front ratings, my coverage ratings, and my wide receiver rating system, all there every single week, updated on Wednesday nights exclusively at fantasyguru.com. You cannot, for those of you that like studying your own stuff, you like looking at the metrics and looking at the numbers and devising your own plan. That is what this is for. All right. That's specifically for you. The best matchups on the offensive line, biggest advantages, the Eagles over the Dolphins, Chiefs over the Chargers, Seahawks over the Arizona Cardinals in week seven. Best passing game matchups, the Raiders versus the Bears. Hope Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo can play. Jimmy Garoppolo can play. Devontae Adams is going to go absolute ham. Yes, I know. Jacoby Myers out producing, but Devontae Adams is going to go ham. Trust me on that. The Browns. Let's hope Deshaun Watson could come back. 
Imagine what the Cleveland Browns can do with Deshaun Watson. It is miraculous that they beat the 49ers without him, with their third string stinky quarterback and PJ Walker, you know, that's amazing. And then the 49ers Monday night football against the Vikings, the third best passing matchup of the week. All right. Let's uh bet of the week here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll do Thursday night football as per usual. Uh, hit, hit the one last week. <laughs> You know, I'm quietly better on the podcast than when when I put the Thursday night game onto fantasyguru.com this season. I'm two and four, and uh, well, actually, no, I'm technically. Oh no, I'm actually two and three. Okay, I'm better because I didn't do week one. Um, and on this, I'm four and one on the podcast. I've switched it twice and it's never worked. It's worked out. Uh, for podcast listeners, more so maybe I'm better on earlier in the week. I don't know. I won't believe that to be true. I don't think this one's going to change. I'm doing a nice, simple single-game parlay. I'm not going to make anything more of it. I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this one. Trevor Lawrence, I believe he plays, but he's going to wear the brace. Derek Carr cannot throw the football. Saints should have at least tied that game last week. Missed two field goals. Were in position. They could have kicked the game winner if they hadn't missed the field goals earlier. Even with that, he floated a pass. He threw the ball away at the end of the game. And he could, he did not have enough arm strength to get it off the playing field, and it was intercepted by the Texans defender. That's how bad Derek Carr is. So, quarterback plays down in the dumps. Both teams great against the run. I don't know if there's going to be 25 points scored in this game. So, I'm just going to take the points. I'm going to go Jacksonville Jaguars plus seven and a half points, under 42 and a half. It's a plus 110 parlay right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Nice, easy, lay it on up, right? And I don't think I'm betting any rushing props in this ballgame either. I just do not. Uh, it's a pass funnel defense on Jacksonville side. And New Orleans is just a tough defense overall. All right. So any, And that's a rule of thumb in betting too, by the way. When you like the games under, you think it's going to go under their number, taking the points makes more sense. All right. Although I will say, pick the team you think is going to win. Who do you think is going to win? Then side with the points. And then to extend it, to improve your betting percentages, use the Jeff Mann's method of using alt lines. Extend your wiggle room a little bit more, and that's a foolproof fucking system. Has been for years and led to the numbers that I talked about earlier on today's show. Survivor. This is the end of the line, folks. Week seven, if you made it this far in Survivor, it's probably going to be your last week. Let's just be honest. It's a complete fucking toss-up. Buffalo Bills on the road against New England. Hmm? It's a good one. Most of us have already used Buffalo, including me and my Circa pool. So that one's not even available to me. But maybe it's available to you. I, I don't like road teams, don't like divisional games, and I hate divisional road favorites. Oof, not good. Not a good history there. New England's always dangerous. All right. Yes, they suck right now, but it's just one of those fucking traps I could see going the other way, knocking a lot of people out. The other game is Seattle over Arizona. Arizona's played well. Seattle hasn't played well. They they really just haven't. They're not living up to the preseason expectations. Three and two on the season. 
They are eighth in points scored, but 14th in yards. Their defense gets talked up as if they're the 85 Bears. Meanwhile, their fifth most passing yards allowed on defense. They're middle of the pack and points allowed, yards allowed. 21st in rushing touchdowns allowed. I mean, they're best in rushing yards per attempt against. But they've played the Rams, Lions, Panthers, Giants, and then Bengals. And the Giants and the the Lions both ran for 100-plus yards. The Panthers and the Bengals didn't run for anything. That's why that number is so good. But Seattle at home should beat Arizona. All right, that should happen, and that would that's going to be the team I feel like most people will be on that one as well, and it'll be the right play, I think. Seattle beat them twice last season, so uh, should be able to get that W with the Seattle Seahawks. That's my second survivor team. If you had to do a third, I guess San Francisco coming uh, rebounding against Minnesota on the road Monday Night Football, another road game. But 49ers in a protected environment, fuck, man, they're a better dome team than the Vikings. You know, they're more equipped for it. Make sure McCaffrey were to play, though, in that one. So there you go. That's the Week 7 preview, everybody. I think that's a good place to call it. Adieu. Uh, Folks, stay focused. Stay on the grind. Get over to FantasyGuru.com. If you're having trouble with the rest of this, uh, close not your football season, get in on board. Ask real questions. Be a human being that asks advice. Jeff, what do you think? Green Bay Packers. Is Aaron Jones coming back? Yes, sir, I think he is. Should I trade Mike Evans for B. John Robinson? Yes, you should do that. All right? Ask me the questions you need. Should I go out and uh, I'm a Jalen Hurts owner. Should I protect the investment with Marcus Mariota? Well, who would you be dropping? Well, uh, I, I'm, I have uh, Rondale Moore on my – yes, then make that move. We will help you. That's what we do. And if you're a current Fantasy Guru subscriber, make sure you're in the Discord, please. It's right on the front page, on the home page, to the right. It says Discord channel. Click on it. Follow the three steps to get into our Discord every single minute of the day. It's nonstop questions and answers. Our staff is on standby, ready to help you. Literally, we have 24 hours a day, seven days a week coverage for the NFL. And we've got about 20 hours of coverage on every other sports every single day of the week. So get over there, check it out. Remember, support at fantasyguru.com. Add the VIP Platinum or the MVP package. If you're into NBA, you're into NHL, any of the other sports as well. MVP package is a great way to go, ladies and gentlemen. Get the data, get the Elite Plus podcasts that are going to be absolutely out of this world as well. Follow me on social media, Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. That's it for this one. Episode 178. Stay the course, everybody. You're just one hit away from stardom, one hit away from turning your season around, one week away from getting this thing back on the right track, daily fantasy football, seasonal fantasy football, and even in betting, if you're having trouble with that, we got your back. You may disagree with some or maybe everything you heard. Who knows? Always possible. Everything you heard on today's show. And if so, that's all right, folks. Totally okay. Why? This was just one man's opinion. Episode 178 in the books. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoring, commenting. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Do so.